A recent landmark report by the U.S. Surgeon General provides a troubling snapshot about our nation's war with addiction. One in seven people in the U.S. will develop a substance abuse disorder at some point, yet only one in ten will receive treatment. Every day in the U.S., over 40 people die from overdosing on painkillers, and many more are becoming addicted. People who are addicted are also seeking out a much cheaper and dangerous alternative, heroin. And today, as part of our series on opioid addiction and health centers, we will hear from two experts. Sam Quinones is a journalist and author of the book Dreamland, the true tale of America's opiate epidemic. Louise Reese is a chief executive officer of the West Virginia Primary Care Association. I am Amy Simmons-Farber, and you are listening to NAC News. West Virginia is the epicenter of opioid addiction, with overdose rates nearly triple the national average. Louise Reese says health centers are confronting an overwhelming challenge. West Virginia led the nation in overdose deaths, which is considerably higher than the next closest state. West Virginia had 32.4 overdose deaths per 100,000, whereas New Mexico is at 24.4. So that, that distinction in and of itself highlights how significant the problem is in the state. A number of factors have contributed to the addiction epidemic in West Virginia. I think that there are a number of factors that have affected the addiction rate. One, we have uh, a, a large population that works in manual labor, so the coal mining, steel, timber, and related uh, uh, injuries from work. Then we also have a high unemployment rate because now we have those industries that are leaving the state, particularly coal mining. Uh, and so when you have people who are unemployed, then you also you have people who are feeling depressed and um, non-productive members of society. Uh, and it, it has a, a natural affiliation to misusing these drugs. And I don't think we can ignore the fact that the pharmaceutical companies truly did target southern West Virginia. Because opioid addiction showed up in West Virginia early on, best practices were adopted to cope with the epidemic and one of the root causes of it, chronic pain and prescription medications. Because this crisis hit West Virginia earlier than it has in other parts of the state, we have a little more experience with um, ways to address it. So I would say that the health centers, uh, as, as early as 10 years ago, began to set up best practices to um, monitor uh, drug diversion. Sam Quinones says the convergence of two perfect storms contributed to our national addiction problem, easier and cheaper access to heroin from Mexico, and a surge in prescriptions for pain. I think there was a revolution in pain management. Pain management was an early discipline. It was just in, in its infancy, really, and maybe 15, 20 years or, uh, old is all. And, um, and, and doctors thought that this would be a great way because, because we know something about these opiates. We know two things. They are very addictive, but they're also magnificent painkillers. And so doctors back then began to fasten on that, that idea that maybe... Maybe this doesn't need to be true. I mean, I think it was wishful thinking in some sense. Some, for some people, 
These pills are non-addictive when they, when they are in pain, when they're in severe pain. For other people, it's not that easy. But um, I think there was wishful thinking on the part of a lot of folks. I think also there was a big push. Um, a lot of patients in America, I think, were demanding solutions to their pain. They were demanding. They wanted, and they didn't really want to pay a whole lot, be, be um, uh, um, put out very much. They didn't want to have to do a lot of, their, of the hard work, which really is what pain management turns out is probably going to be about, is that you do have to do a lot of work. You do have to get yourself in shape and this kind of thing. And so uh, this began in the 19... 80s, I would say, but really got momentum in the 1990s, and then, of course, into the 2000s. And, and, and it was there that um, you just saw a total change in, in, in how to deal with, with pain. Managing chronic pain as an alternative to painkillers is also a focus of West Virginia Health Centers, beyond medication-assisted therapies for opioid addiction, such as buprenorphine. West Virginia Health Centers are also launching an ECHO project this January to learn more from specialists about evidence-based treatments for chronic pain management and opioid addiction. We are hearing our providers' uh, concerns about the Suboxone, and we are increasing the number of opportunities for providers to talk about chronic pain and how do you treat chronic pain without using opioid medications. Chronic pain can be a factor in addiction, but Quinones attributes another reason, isolation. Having a sense of community is important. I just believe that in, in a myriad ways we are so isolated from each other. Um, technology, which is supposed to keep us connected, is really, it's the most superficial kind of connection. All of a sudden a friend is someone you've never even laid eyes on before. Um, it's really not any kind of connection, you know. And, and we have systematically in many communities destroyed those communities. We've either, we, a combination usually of, of jobs going somewhere else. And then when jobs go somewhere else, well, the people tend to evacuate too. Uh, when that happens, well, you don't have the money to support some of the more uh, community-oriented events or assets or, you know, places to, to be a community. Um, people get more, uh, people withdrew, withdraw, they go indoors, they're not so apt to be out on a summer evening at, at nine and then in the evening playing kids, you know, it's just more of a, a fear of what might happen to you. I think there's this real fear of, of the public sphere in many, many communities all across this country. Community or community-based approaches are recommended in the recent Surgeon General's report. And in West Virginia, health centers are forming key partnerships to help counter the epidemic and, in particular, its impact on children. Uh, one other program that I, I did not mention in, that is piloted in West Virginia is called Handle with Care. And when the legal system arrests a parent, the school system is alerted immediately that this child was either put into foster care or in care of, of a family member because of the, the parent being um, arrested. And they, a, a set of protocols are put into place that next morning that will help that child uh, through that, that trauma of having their parent taken away from them. So there's social support programs that are immediately enacted. Uh, we're hoping to 
um, expand the Handle with Care program, uh, which is implemented in one of our um, more urban schools with, with a lot of low-income uh, population throughout the all of the school-based health centers that um, we have in West Virginia. We have a very, very large uh, number of school-based health centers, about 150. Uh, most of them are all managed by community health centers. And so we take this model and put it throughout all the schools so that the children um, have some safety net to uh, help them through crisis. 270 community health centers across the country and five in West Virginia recently received funding to improve and expand ways to treat opioid addiction among the underserved. This investment is helping to incubate new ideas and approaches to fighting addiction on the front lines. In our next podcast, we'll talk to a health center that's targeting addiction in LGBT populations. Do you have a good story to share? Contact us at communicationsnac.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at NAC. Music for this podcast was by Ben Sound, and you can find them at www.bensound.com.